it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Were you able to remove the tumor? Yeah. You'll want to do a biopsy, see if it's malignant. So what now? I just go back to my cell? Until they figure out what to do with you. They. What did he say? I'm sorry? Ben. What did he say that made you want to save his life? It doesn't really matter what he said. It matters to me. After everything that I have been put through, you owe me an answer. I want to know what he said. I've been on this island for three years. Jack, three years, two months, and 28 days. He said that if I let him live, and I helped you, that he would finally let me go home. Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we continue even further into our journey of the third season of the series. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. I'm the other one of your hosts, Kristen. This week we go into season three, episode seven, Not in Portland, which coincidentally, this one is my favorite episode, not uh, not last week's episode. It's what comes I, after Damn It, Kate Run that I get like real excited. Yeah, because I mean, this episode literally takes place. Actually, it kind of backtracks a little bit. We get it. We kind of like get about what, 10 to 15 seconds before the whole Damn It, Kate, Kate Damn It Run. Mm-hmm. And then it just continues on. Uh, you know, without without a break. So, and by the way, we made you wait two weeks because we had to wait thirteen weeks originally. <laughs> so, be be excited about that. <laughs> oh God, no, we're not that big of dicks. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 my fault. It's totally my fault. I I got the flu, so unfortunately, my voice was kind of scraggly. I didn't have much of a voice left, so it was almost impossible to record. So, apologies for that. I, I, it's almost to the point where I feel like I'm getting tired of apologizing, but it's, you know, uh, shit happens. I can't really help it. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we don't want to, we don't want to deliver an inferior podcast to you guys. So like, I didn't want to have to suffer through it and be coughing and cause that's not what you guys want to hear. You want to hear us. You don't want to hear sick. I was prepared. I I know you were. I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I do want to say something before we go into our episode. So I don't know if anybody has been listening. I I don't know who listens to what podcast, but uh, over the past couple of weeks, I have been binging uh, Ben's podcast, Still Afraid of the Dark or Still Afraid or whatever it's called. I don't know. Still Afraid of the Dark. You are right. It's fantastic. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's so easy to listen to. I've seen almost all of the movies, the movies I haven't seen. um, I go and I watch them. The best part is, is like last night I was able to watch Casper with my kids who are six and eight. And my kids are like really big Ghostbusters fans. So I feel like we can actually listen to the podcast as a family in the car instead of me just putting it in my headphones, which is really great because they've made it family friendly. So it's like family friendly movies. It's family friendly podcast, but there's drinks involved. Um, <laughs> I do have I, I do have one criticism and that's only and I've already addressed it with you, Ben, is that I, I'm not on Facebook and I really want the, the, the recipes in the show notes. <laughs> so well, um, it, you, you know, and, and I think I might have mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this part to you or not, because I know you and I are talking about doing a Christmas spinoff of the podcast. Yes, I really want to do um, that. Uh, which I do too, mm-hmm. um, in which we'll do the drinks for that as well. And mixologist Rob has al- already agreed that he'll help us with the drinks for that. Um, but the potential plan right now is once we get a season two of Still Afraid of the Dark in the book, so by the end of next year, uh, we plan to actually release a next level drink book. Oh, cool! Um, with all the recipes of the drinks we did this season, all the drinks of the ones we do next season, and probably most likely uh, the holiday drinks that we do for our Christmas spinoffs. So, that is so fun! And if he, you know what, he should also create a drink for each of the next level podcasts, just like like a lost drink, a DC Prime drink, a. Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, talking with C and B or I'm sorry, T and B. No, it's fine. I Um, I, I tried, (laughs) um, you know, and yeah, we can call the lost the one for this podcast, the memory eraser, because apparently some (laughs) people try to. There's already a drink called the memory eraser. (laughs) Oh, I know there is. Um, But, uh, you know, first off, thank you for that feedback, because you Mm. and I, we didn't discuss this. You just sprung this on me randomly and I Mm -hmm. love it. Um, But for anybody who does go and listen to that podcast and is on Facebook, and goes to the Next Level Facebook page, which is, which is facebook.com slash the Next Level Network. There are drink recipe videos uh, on there. And um, if you actually record yourself making one of those drinks and send it or message it to us or give us a link to it or something, um, where all those all the people that do that, their names are getting entered into a drawing. And if your name is drawn, Rob is actually going to create a drink based on you. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. So I would like to I, I want in on this. <laughs> Cause no, it's, I'll, I'll it's do fun. it half drunk. <laughs> oh god, that'll make it even better. <laughs> While playing Beat Saber. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that drink recipe based on you, not only will we make a video of it and post it on the Facebook page, but it'll be added to the drink book as well. Yay. So that's such a good idea. Yeah, it's a cool little costume. But thank you for that feedback. I love that. Absolutely. Oh, it's been so much fun. Like I'm in I'm in the car 
I have to drive a half hour to school and a half hour back twice a week. And I have to drive to training once a week, half hour there, half hour back. So I get a good, what, like three hours a week of solid podcast time. And usually uh, lately, it has been your podcast. And I've had so much fun listening to it. Your guests are great. Um, Rob is great. I've never heard him before because I don't listen to anything with DC because I don't follow DC. Um, mm-hmm. But I I just love it. I think that you guys do such an excellent job. So good job. Well, the, you, thank you. And you'll enjoy the next one too because chapter seven, there's there's nine chapters. There's um, uh, Chapter seven is actually getting released today, which by the time you're hearing this was yesterday, uh, is actually just me and Rob. We don't have any guests. And that's only because of the movies that we're discussing. We felt like there's so much to talk about. We wouldn't have even had enough time with just me and Rob. What are um, the movies? We are discussing in chapter seven. It's the tale of the classics uh, and classics as in classic monsters. We are talking about the monster squad and young Frankenstein. Oh, so cool. We almost watched young Frankenstein last night, but we chose Casper instead. And yeah, so yeah, so we had a lot of fun talking about that. And then the last two episodes, which will be uh, next Thursday and the season finale, which will drop on Halloween night is uh, chapter eight is going to be. Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or not? Not Nightmare on Elm Street. That <laughs> That's is not, not family a kids movie. friendly. <laughs> no, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. Corpse Bride. Corpse, Corpse Bride. Bride. Very nice. Very nice. And then the season, the season finale is going to be the Adams Family, in which we're going to talk about the 1991 version and the new one, the new animated movie that just came out. We're going to see that tonight. I'm going to see it next week. Awesome. So, very awesome. Yeah. yeah, I've enjoyed it. I think it's great. And I did, I bought, after listening to the first episode, I bought all three books of uh, Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, Right? That's what it's called? Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. Close enough. So, yeah. but I, I, when I got them delivered, I looked at them, I go, oh shit, I remember having these as a kid. And yep. it was just total nostalgia. So I, I'm just... Thank you so much for like letting me revisit my childhood and share it with my kids and just have like this little rebirth of Halloween fun this year. So yeah, anyways. absolutely. That's that's why we did it. Um, uh, you know what? So rather than just promote it at the end of the podcast, since we just did a good like five, six, seven minutes on it, um, I'll just say right now, if you want to check it out, I obviously I would appreciate it and highly endorsed by Kristen. Um, go to the nextlevelnetwork.com slash still afraid and you'll find all the information there, like where you can subscribe to it. Or if you go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and just search for uh, Still Afraid of the Dark Podcast, it'll pop up. So, and just a quick disclaimer the very first episode, the mics don't work very well. And so the audio yeah, is, yeah, the audio is, is really, really, um, subpar, but, the next ones are all fixed and everything's fine. And you can still hear everything the first episode. It's just, it's not Ben's usual quality. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that too. Yeah. yeah the first, the first episode, you're right. We were, we were still dealing with audio issues, uh, but we got them fixed by the end of that episode and the rest of the chapters have been great. Yep. So let's jump into loss then um, because, you know, we, we have quite a bit to talk about for this episode. I love this episode. Season three, episode seven, not in Portland. Uh, we get our first flashback of another uh, somebody who's not one of the main castaways. We we finally get a flashback for. So, and that's Juliet, Juliet Burke. 
So I, as I usually do, I'm going to turn it over to you. Where do you want to start with this episode? Oh, man. I You know what? It's like, where do you start with this episode? Um, well, let's talk about... Let's talk about the introduction of one of my favorite kind of recurring characters that are int- that's introduced in this episode, and that's Richard Alpert. I thought you were going to say Aldo, but okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> okay. I knew you weren't. Um. Yeah, I was really excited that this was the first episode. I, this is the first episode, right, that we see him? It is. Yep, first in, first introduction to Richard. Yeah, and um, what a great introduction he had. Very mysterious, but you know we see him off island. Um, so, and we're gonna find out later that this guy does not age. <laughs> this no. guy does not age. You always see him, no matter what time period you're in. Flashback, flash forward, flash sideways, flash under, flash over. Oh. Doesn't matter. Richard Alpert's there. Real quick, we didn't do this because we jumped into uh, Still Afraid. Uh, by the way, spoiler full podcast. Oh. That is that is the format of this show. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we need to get that out of the way now because that's most likely going to happen this episode. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. I, I figured let's get the warning. We usually do it at the top of the podcast. We completely forgot to do it. I figured just get it out of the way now. Yeah, okay. Sorry, guys. So now it's said. Nope. (laughs) At least it's not that bad of a spoiler. That's true. But he is is a mysterious character, and I like it because he's mysterious right off the bat. Um, You know, he's with Ethan um, in the morgue, so you understand that that his role is on the island somehow. Um, When he talks about... Uh, the job being somewhat remote, I I loved that. I thought that that was just really hilarious because I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good definition for where they're going. Um, and then of course, his backwards way of getting Juliet to be free to join uh, the Dharma Initiative or whatever it is um, that they're calling themselves on the island. Uh, I thought that was great, you know, when when she said he could get hit by a bus <laughs> and it happens, of course. And then he shows up in the morgue. Of course, of course, you know, a, a brilliant scientist would be able to connect the, connect the dots on something like that. Yeah. And personally, I'd run screaming from that. I'd be like, oh, you know what? This is the this is I'm in way over my head. I'm just going to back out. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Middleos. Uh, bioscience is what they call themselves when they're on the mainland, apparently, at least in this episode, uh, which I learned very interestingly is an anagram uh, for lost time, which I had no idea about Shut until watching up. it this time. Yep. That's it amazing. An- yep. Uh, yeah. An anagram for lost time. So Ooh, I see it. And that has been confirmed by um, Carlton Coos as well. So that, that that was the point of that was that it was it was an, actually I think from what I read about it, they actually had revealed that that anagram was going to be in the episode before the episode aired. Oh, so cool. to keep to mi- to let people look for that and see that. Um, but yeah, I found it really interesting, too, because you kind of brought it up. But the whole, you know, we're kind of remote aspect of what he tells Juliet really does kind of come into play later in the episode, mm. you know. 
kind of jumping into the whole Tom Friendly and Jack interaction, which I loved, by the way. I God, I love Tom Friendly. And yeah, I'm he's a great so, character. He's such a great character. I love MC Ganey as an actor, and the character of Tom Friendly is just is so great. And, you know, there's the moment where, you know, Jack ta- talks to Tom, and he's like, well, you know, if, if you have boats and you're able to get off the island, why didn't you just take them off the island for this treatment? And Tom gives him the whole excuse for, you know, when the sky went purple, things changed, which I'll get to in a minute. But, you know apparently they it's the same thing because when Juliet asks to bring her sister to where they're going, Richard tells her she won't have access to the treatment that she needs. So even three years, two months and 28 days early, earlier from that moment, they still didn't have the regular transport to get off the Island as they probably as as people might be guessing they have at this point, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. So I like I like how there was the correlation between that because the whole Richard confirming that they don't have access to treatment doesn't come until the end of the episode. Right. Well, they they can't. Well, I don't think that they knew. Do you think that they knew that if you got pregnant off island that you would be okay to give birth on island? No, um, they wouldn't because because that was what made Claire and Aaron so remarkable that they wanted to study her, right? I think so. Yeah. Um because they really didn't have uh, you know as Richard shows, you know, Juliet the scan and Juliet thinks it's somebody who's like 70 years old and she's in actuality she's 26. Right. I I I feel like it you know, they, they didn't have access to on. I, I don't think they have as, as much access to on and off the island as people might believe that they have. And I think that later does get confirmed. I think the submarine is really the only way on and off the island at this point. Well, it's not the only way on and off the island, as we'll find out <laughs> later, uh, as the way that Jack gets off the island. Or not Jack gets off the island. Uh, Locke gets off the island in a completely different way than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, um. Well, Jack gets oh, off it. the island in a completely different way as well. He doesn't leave in a submarine. No, he doesn't leave in a submarine. Um, but I think, you know, the whole... <laughs> this is a spoiler podcast. <laughs> We're just spoilers. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jack, Kate, you know... Uh, the Oceanic Hurley, yeah, Six. They, the Oceanic Six. They get off in a completely different way. Um, but that way wasn't available to the others at that point. So... Mm-hmm. Um, Right. But yeah, I think Claire was became such an integral part of their research because this was the first time somebody was actually pregnant on the island because everybody who lived on the island couldn't get pregnant. Or so if they did I, get pregnant, they the they lost the baby or the woman died. That, that I can't remember. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to all the intense loss fans that are listening to this and slamming their head against a car car wheel. Um no, I think uh, no, I think it is that the woman died because that was the big fear with Sun was that it was whether or not she got, she got pregnant, pregnant on and on off island. the island determined her fate. If she got pregnant on the island, she was most likely going to die. Um, but and which is why it was important for her to leave the island. Well, yes, because she got pregnant on the island. Yes. Um see, now I'm glad we did the spoiler warning cuz that's <laughs> we needed it at this point. Um 
But, you know, I, my question to you is when it comes to Richard visiting Juliet, God, again, here's the spoiler alert. Um, when we get introduced to Jacob later, um, we found that Jacob has gotten off the island and kind of has recruited and been a part of these people's lives very early on. Like we're talking when they're kids. And Richard is one of those characters, as you mentioned, that doesn't age. Do you think Juliet's the first doctor they've ever tried to get to the island? Or is she just the one that they finally get to go? You mean in that position? In that position to help oh, them with, you know these, what? with these pregnancy issues. That's such a great question. I think that maybe maybe um, they had gone to such lengths to get Juliet to come because maybe past attempts had probably failed. I mean, that's that's something that will probably never be answered. Um, but it that that's a that's a good question to think about for sure. Yeah, because I'm not sure. I mean, I I my train of thought is I would like to think that she's probably not the first one. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they've approached other uh, fertility doctors before to try and get them to the island and either they were unsuccessful or the doctor outlived their use and just the research wasn't complete. Juliet's the first one that actually made strides in that research and was able to, because as we find out in the episode, you know, through her research and, you know, the medicines that she's developing, her sister who was unable to become pregnant becomes pregnant. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but she impregnates a male field mouse. <laughs> uh, you know, so she's so, a bit of a savant. <laughs> yeah. She's good at what she does. Uh, but, uh, you know, to kind of dive into some other things and kind of transition into some other topics for, for this episode, the one thing I really enjoyed about this episode when it came to Juliet is, you know, obviously the flashbacks we see were three years prior. Uh, I mentioned three years, two months, 28 days mm -hmm. to prior to what we're seeing in the present day on the island. Man, these are two completely different Juliets. Two com oh, we, we're hundred percent. We are meeting. Are they? Well, we're meeting Juliet the timid in the beginning, and then in the present day, Juliet the ruthless. But she's still controlled by a man. In in both in both instances, because without Edmund around. She was brave. She went into, uh, she went, broke into the lab to get what she needed for her sister. She was, was, she was still deaf, very deft with her, um, with her research and her work. But when she was confronted by Edmund, she became incredibly submissive. And then you see the same kind of thing happen in this episode. Juliet, Juliet is a boss in a lot of this episode. But it's not, but when Ben wakes up and she goes in, she completely changes. She she almost hunches over. We've seen her go submissive to Ben when he shows up because I think that she still has this element of, of, uh, of, of being a submissive against a controlling man like Ben or like Edmund. And it doesn't have to be a man, right? I mean, in, in a controlling leader. In, yeah, in this, yeah. But the elements, uh, the remnants of her past abuse from her ex-husband are still pretty prevalent, I think, in this episode. Um, but at because even at the end, she still doesn't defy Ben. She tells Alex, you have to stay here. 
You have to. Even though Alex wants to go with Carl, and Juliet knows that that's probably the right decision for Alex, she still doesn't want to defy Ben. She doesn't want to upset him. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, t- you're you're actually right. I didn't even really think about that in, in that she is under, I guess, under somebody's thumb uh, to a point. Um you know, in in both versions of herself. And it's not until she's kind of free of that submission that she becomes the person that she is. She becomes brave. She becomes strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess you're right. She I don't kind know, of, because she kind I, of takes I, control. But at the same time, you know, when you think about it, you do also see two different Juliets because she is stronger. Absolutely. She's stronger. But do you think maybe Jack makes her stronger? having a, a potential ally in Jack, even though they kind of had a breakdown in communication and they were pitted against each other in this episode, uh, we know that the two of them become pretty close friends in the, in the next following episodes. And I'm wondering if that gives her the strength to finally leave the camp. Well, do you feel like that was a miscommunication or do you think Juliet kind of felt betrayed? Because I, I mean, and this is not a Jack is the worst moment at all. Jack, we, you know, we no, find no. out, we, you know, as we talked about during the last episode, Doran, I do like this is Jack finally taking a stand and actually kind of in many ways sacrificing his own well-being. Jack did to, everything right this episode. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so do we think that Juliet, because we do, we see Juliet and Jack really butt heads this episode in that like she even tells them, you know, when you're bringing back Kate and Sawyer. Uh, you know, even if it means killing them. So it and I feel like in that moment when she said that she meant that like she meant if they were going to if you had to kill them to bring them back, kill them to bring them back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think mainly I think a lot of that is because Juliet felt betrayed by Jack. She had this plan with Jack to for let Ben to let Ben die on the table so that everybody could be free of Ben. Everybody would be free at that point. Juliet could let Kate Kate Sawyer go. But Jack decided to use it in a different way and kind of hold Ben hostage. And I think, you know, again, Juliet felt betrayed by that. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that. But, you know, like you said earlier, Jack, Jack was doing everything he could to make sure that Sawyer and Kate escaped you know he sacrificed himself yeah, um he, he sacrificed his own well-being right like- exactly <clears throat> i completely agree with you there and maybe juliet hasn't seen that kind of loyalty in the past three years that she maybe even forgot that th- that it existed yeah that's a possibility i don't know i mean it's you know it's all guesswork but you know the juliet character to me is just so interesting because she She's such a strong character with enormous leadership potential, but she is still um, she is still damaged from her marriage to Edmund, and it when it pops up and when it flares up like in in episodes like today, you can see that she is um, constantly struggling with this internal battle, and I don't think Elizabeth Mitchell gets the credit that she deserves for portraying such a great character. I think she was a wonderful addition to this show. And a lot of people say that she ruined the show. I've heard that so many times. Oh, I don't believe that at all. Right. And I've heard that people say that, you know, they just, 
they didn't like the actress or they didn't like the character. And then she joined another show and they're like, oh, she's going to ruin this. Like she ruined Lost. Like I've heard it time and time again. And it really bothers me because I enjoy her so much. And I think that she has this incredible nuance to her acting and she displays it so well, especially in this episode. I mean, you know, abuse, long-term like systemic abuse in an individual is so hard to portray. And I think that she does it beautifully. Well, I mean, I know a big prob- a big issue people had with Juliet's character. Um, maybe people held it against the character itself because of the relationship that ends up happening between her and Sawyer. Um, oh, you know, I it, love it's, that relationship. <laughs> I do too. I think that's one of the strongest and best relationships that we actually see on the episode. But 100%. I think it, it's kind of one of those situations where people wanted so badly for Kate to end up with Jack or Sawyer or Sawyer to end up with Kate that when he ends up with Juliet, people are like, no, I don't, I don't like this at all. But when um, you think about the two characters, Sawyer and Juliet, those two were incredibly broken characters by their past, and they completely repaired each other. Yeah, they they find strength in each other. Um, That's beautiful. You know, it is. It absolutely is. I mean, you know, there are many different dynamic relationships that happen in this series. Um, you know, and when it comes to that, you obviously you have Charlie and Claire, uh, you have Jin and Son, and then you have... Juliet and Sawyer mm-hmm. and all three Jin of them are all three of them are dynamic in their own way but you know Jin and Son are one is one of the most tragic yet romantic stories that we get when it comes to relationships but Juliet and Sawyer w- whether people like it or not is one of the deepest and strongest to me yeah and yeah very it yes Yes. You know, because Jin and Son, while again, romantic and tragic, had its moments of had its breaking points. Like there were moments where they they wanted to leave each other. You know, they walked away from each other. But when Sawyer and Juliet find each other, they stay together until the end. It's another Mm -hmm. tragic ending, but they're together till the end. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't get why people don't like Juliet's character and Again, maybe it's because they held it against the character that Sawyer ended up with her and not Kate. Yeah, but maybe. I, I don't care. I think it's fantastic. I think Have you it's heard the-, the same thing? Because I feel like I've heard like a lot of criticism. Of- oh, yeah. Of of yeah. Juliet and Elizabeth Mitchell playing Juliet. And it just, it really, it breaks my heart because I, I really do truly love this character so much. I think that she adds, she adds a whole nother level to the show once she's, kind of folded into the main storyline. Yeah, she's one of those characters that at this point in the series, you know, by season three, episode seven, she's still very complicated. You don't know where her alliances and her allegiance falls. Um, But you're right. Once she's kind of mixed into the fold and she's heavily invested with Jack, because I think there were even people that wanted Jack and Juliet to become, to get together. Uh, And you can kind of see it at certain moments that that might've been the way it was going. Uh, but obviously things change in the series and things ended up very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you we know, have you're right. To go back. <laughs> once, <Sorry>. she's, <laughs> once she's mixed into the fold, you're right. Her character is so dynamic and so strong that I, she's one of my, she's probably one of my top five favorite characters in the series. I would agree with that. So, uh, 
where else do you want to go? I mean, uh, there's definitely oh, some other notes I, I have. I want to go to room 23. <laughs> I want to go to room 23. Let me tell you something. This was up until I started watching like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and like some like scary shit. This scene like like burned me to my core. I thought this was one of the freakiest things I had ever seen. Possibly it's up there even past some of the scary stuff I've seen today on television. It was so disturbing and so creepy that I still, like, even when I rewatched it uh, last week, I'm watching it with my eyes wide open going, I can't believe that this was aired. I mean, it was it was disturbing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, God, there's a number of different things to break down when it comes to that video. Let's do it. Um, okay. Why don't you give us the first one? Because I'm sure you have a list, knowing well, you. so... What I have is scariest TV scene for me with lots of exclamation points and a lot of like, what the fuck is happening? So <laughs> this this obviously had a callback to A Clockwork Orange, uh, Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange, where this was how they brainwashed uh, the main character into being like not a murderer anymore. I've seen the movie once. It fucking disturbed me. I never saw it again. Um. So a lot of that like uncomfortableness came back when they entered. I think like like what would you do if you're on this island and you've been you've been in a cage and you've been searching for boar and coconuts for the past like 2 months and all of a sudden you're in this room and it's just flashing with these horrible images and subliminal messages and the and and this kid who who is completely drugged. His eyes have like these goggles on them and they're kind of being, he's being kept awake. He has drool coming out of his mouth. He's chained to this chair. I mean, this to me solidifies the, the, the villainy of the others. Nothing else, nothing else will ever make it okay again for these characters to even be a little bit like, to, to, to give them any empathy or to humanize them at all. This villainizes the others for me, period. No, I agree with that completely. I mean, there are, you're right. I mean, it's just who does this to another human being? Uh, it doesn't matter what your motive behind it is. You, it's, it's obviously nefarious reasons why you're doing this because this is torture. This is flat out torture. So the fact that you're doing this to another human being doesn't matter what your reasoning behind it is. This is evil. Yes. So uh, there is a complete breakdown as to the video. If you want me to run through some of the things that you do see in the video. Yes, I do. Um, one of the first images that you see is plant a good seed and you will, and you will joyfully gather fruit. Uh, those words are superimposed on a yellow flower, a pink flower, and an orange flower. Uh, the words, everything changes are superimposed on pictures of, uh, eight various antique coins, uh, 1921 silver dollar, a wax cylinder on top of scattered pile of CDs. A uh, thick pipe with a wheel valve, a drafting compass, three electronic piano keyboards. So obviously things that have changed over time. 
Uh, let's see. What are some other things? I'm not going to go over everything because there's a lot. Uh, a statue. Should. <laughs> a statue of Buddha <laughs> pops up at one point. Uh, a video clip of the Earth's moon as it changes from a half full to a full. Uh, we are the causes of our own suffering are words that are superimposed on a sequence of six stills of black and white insects uh, and five stills of orange fish. Uh, an energy saver light bulb curves to resemble a yin yang symbol. Uh, let's see a speedometer from a 1992 or 93 Honda Accord with a needle at zero. Mm -hmm. uh, the words God loves you as he loved Jacob. Super, yes. Uh, super crazy. Superimposed on a picture of yellow carpeted stairs. Um, a changing white squiggle, possibly a, yellow, a light bulb filament pattern imposed on uh, the inside of a factory or similar facilities with many pipes, close-up of a stone wall, close-up of an African wooden mask, and Alivar Hanzo in a window. Standing in a building. Yep. yep. Uh, think about and then your life in bold white letters superimposed on a black background, morphing into a matrix of images of a bee, a mask, and a black object with a round bottom. And then finally, partially obscured text, um, ER and Y superimposed on an image of Gerald de Groot, Gerald de Groot with another phrase uh, to be appearing to be another way. So, uh, but not only that, there is reversed audio in this video. Uh, <laughs> the woman um, that you hear talking is repeating only fools are enslaved by time and space. Uh, which can be heard multiple times in reversed version on the brainwashed video. So if you take the, the words that you're hearing and reverse them, they are saying only fools are enslaved by time and space. I mean, what? Uh, the, you know? Just the amount. It is such a fucking right turn from what we have seen so far on this show. When you enter that that room the it the feeling and i mean great job to the director the showrunners the writers to everybody because this was a genuine shock to the system for any first time viewer to well, enter this room well i want to throw hats off to one more person and that's the actor that played carl because that is not a comfortable situation even as an actor like i'm sure he wasn't sitting there looking at those images um you know, and even in the scenes where you see him facing the screen with the screen playing it, I'm sure his eyes weren't propped open like they were like Clockwork Orange wise. But that's still got to be rather unsettling. Even as an actor in that situation, it has to be unsettling. Right. Yeah. And and the, and the music. Oh, the music. The music was so loud. Like, I, you know what? Not only Carl, but also Alex and Kate and Sawyer, all of them. Every single person in that room just sold that scene so well. Well, I'm I'm almost confident that music was added in post. Like that Absolutely. was that really wasn't on set when they were in that room. Thank goodness, because that would be again another unsettling moment. But even the video itself, that's playing Oof. while they're in that room. That's that's just right. that's weird. You know. I'm wondering if there is uh, any panels like Comic-Con panels or anything like that where they talk about where those actors talk about filming that scene or talk about that scene at all because I mean to me it was just such such a different scene from what we have seen so far um, 
And really what we see after, I mean, it, it it's kind of a, a set apart scene of, of just the, I, 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 I don't have the right word, but it's just a, it's like this animalistic villainy. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. I, I can't, I don't know. I, I just, I can't seem to empathize with anybody that is an other because of this particular room 23 visual. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and we do find out at some point, I don't know if it's something we've found out already or something we find out later uh, that there was somebody else uh, who has yeah. been subjected to that room and that's Walt. Yep. Walt has been subjected to that room before, uh, before he was taken off the island with Michael. But I think that Jin was also in that room in season six, right? Mm, that I don't remember. Yes. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's held in that he's held in that room by Charles Widmore. Right. He's taken captive by Widmore. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow, good call on that one. Yeah, thanks. Well, you know, I love gin. <laughs> Are we talking about the character or the liquor? Yes. Okay. That's what I was I had a feeling that was going to be your answer. <laughs> um, I love me some gin. I want to kind of backtrack a little bit though and and talk about the scene leading up to room three room 23 um okay which is <laughs> the, the wookie prisoners the, the wookie prisoners swap, which was so fantastic <laughs> getting that reference from sawyer but i mean there's a couple other things that happen in that scene obviously we, we get to meet aldo uh which as i've mentioned before is played by rob McElhenney from always sunny in philadelphia um and we find out also that we get confirmation that alex is Ben's daughter, or at least she believes herself to be Ben's daughter, because this is the first time right. she calls him dad. So it, it becomes kind of confusing at this point as a first time viewer, because we know that Alex is Rousseau's daughter, but now Rousseau, but Alex is calling herself Ben's daughter. So it doesn't become clear until later that, you know, she was taken in by Ben. Ben is not a real father, but it, it's interesting that at this point we now get that whole, you know, my dad was the one that told me to bring them here. She's confirming, at least from her own v viewpoint, that Ben is her father. Uh-huh. Right. So, um, and I completely... Well, I mean, she has no other reason to think otherwise. Oh, no, it's all she's known, that Ben is right. her father. So, yeah, you're right. There's no other reason to, uh, to, to think that. Um, and I completely forgot, too, until watching this episode, that we do see Aldo again. I thought this was a one and done appearance. And then I remembered Rob's actually done three episodes of the show. We don't see him again until episode six or season six. <laughs> so when he we he we find out his character has been moved to the temple and we see him for two more episodes in, in season six. Um, but yeah, the Wookiee prisoner gag. Well, like, I can't believe you fell for the old Wookiee prisoner gag that like that. <laughs> I love that. Um, and while we're on it real quick, I'll just there was two other moments with Sawyer that I absolutely loved in this episode. Uh, Everything Sawyer does is wonderful. When when they're escorting Carl into the boat and he calls him Cheech. Uh, yes. Just because of how drugged up he is, like. 
I love that moment. But the other moment I too I love too is we kind of in Alex, we meet somebody who can kind of match Sawyer's sarcasm. Yeah. Because I forget what it is he says to Alex, but Alex rebuttals right back and she's like, Yeah, I'm also good at basket weaving. You want one? Oh, oh yeah. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Oh, he said something, uh, it was something about the slingshot, the slingshot or making yeah. the foxhole or something like that. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm also good at basket weaving. You want one? You want one? <laughs> I was just like- Get your head out of your ass. We got to go. I'm just like, yes, that's amazing. Like she does not, <laughs> she doesn't take Sawyer's shit at all, which I love. Well, I mean, think about how much she has to take from her dad. True. You know, yeah, very true. there's a lot of, I'm angry at my my parents, you know, anger flowing through her and Sawyer and really anybody that has a, a rough backstory or, or semi abuse of, of, of any type in their, in their past, they've all got a little bit of an edge to them. I mean, everybody actually, Jack, Kate, Sawyer, Alex now, Juliet, everybody's got an edge and it's all like, stemmed from this horrible backstory where like everybody on this island has been chosen because they've been marginalized somehow. Well, and a majority of it too, as I've called it before, this is the island of daddy issues. <laughs> you know, Jack with Christian, Kate with her father, Sawyer with, you know, um, you know, issues of stemming around his dad's, you know, what his dad, his dad did, um, you know, and now Alex dealing with Ben, that this is an island of daddy issues. There's really no denying it. <laughs> so even son, son having issues with her father, Jin, you know, Jin yeah, had issues because, coming to grips with the fact that his dad was a fisherman. Yes, this is an island of daddy issues. That's so funny. So, uh, what about you? What's what's something else, if anything else, you have on your list? So the only other thing that I have is just uh, this this whole thing about three minutes. Ben asked for three minutes when. Um, to talk to Juliet, um, it it made me uh, look back to when, um, who was it? Uh, Michael had three minutes to talk to Walt uh, when he was being held captive uh, by the others in that fake others camp. Um, and then there was something, oh, there's an episode called Three Minutes, duh. Um <laughs> which I think is that same episode with the three-minute discussion. Um, remind me, is 108 seconds, is that? That's the total. 108 minutes? Um, That's 108 minutes. Never mind. Yeah, it's well, it's well, and it's also the total of the numbers. The 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42, if you total them together, you get 108. Okay. Because there was something else that was with three minutes. Like three minutes was like a thing. Um, but I just thought that it was very interesting that um, that Ben asked specifically for three minutes um, as he's lying there awake on the table. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't really pick. I if that I didn't really pay attention to the three minutes reference this time around. If for some it didn't click with me. I mean, there could absolutely be something there, but for some reason that just didn't click. Yeah, it says uh, Jack tells Juliet that she has three minutes to speak with Ben on the operating table. She shortly thereafer kills one of her own people. This bye parallels bye, the episode. This is interesting. This parallels the episode when 
Miss Clough tells Michael he has three minutes to talk to Walt, and shortly thereafter, Michael kills Anna Lucia and Libby. Hmm. Okay, so I guess there is a connection. I just, I don't know what the connection to three minutes is yet at this point. I don't either. Maybe it's a Jacob thing. It it, it seems like it's something we're going to have to pay closer attention to. Um, yeah. Well, just because the only reason why I say it's a Jacob thing is just because it's very biblical. Uh, we get into a lot of biblical territory with Jacob and the man in black and, and their whole past and just uh, the island's connection to, to everything. And three minutes could be uh, kind of like a correlation with uh, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, um, which is the, the Trinity in in the Bible, which is the power of three. Yeah. So I'm I'm just it it's just something that I'm gonna put in the back of my head and stay aware of. Yeah, well we'll just have to keep an eye on it and pay attention to see if that number or that or maybe that period of time, that amount of time kind of pops up in uh mm-hmm. in something else or somewhere else. So yeah. But and that's all I have. We talked about Juliet. We talked about Room 23. We talked about Richard Alpert. So I'm out. What about um, you? Just a couple other things. Uh, you know, it, it's funny to note the the numbers references in this episode in which, uh, you know, Room 23, obviously 23 is one of those numbers. Uh, blends, Ben's blood pressure at one point is 108 before he goes, uh, before Jack kind of nicks the second artery and his blood pressure goes mm. up. His blood pressure is at 108. Not anything too super i think they're just references that they threw in there the um you, you know we that there's that final destination moment with edmund when he's hit by the bus uh <laughs> and the apollo the apollo bar advertisement that was on the side of the bus that hit him uh yes the only other things i have i mentioned bye bye danny which you mentioned juliet killing one of her own uh in shooting picket uh, Tom Friendly being a mediator between everybody and him introducing himself to Jack. You know, I'm Tom, by the way. It, again, he's one of those characters that we're going to get to explore more as the series progresses because I, I love his character so much. I really love him, too. I think he's wonderful. Uh, the only other thing I have, and this could be a loose connection. This could be me overanalyzing, as I tend to do. And this is how I'll wrap up the, the topic of this episode. I feel like there is a very, very loose connection to Juliet and Desmond. Uh, and that is through Edmund. And I will explain. Uh, the, th- the three years, two months, and 28 days puts Juliet at a date similar to around the time that Desmond arrived on the island. Desmond arrived on the island from that sailing regalia that he was a part of. If you look at the scene with Juliet in Edmund's office, there is a sailing trophy behind him on the on the counter. <gasps> oh, my goodness. So I'm wondering if Edmund was also a part of that sailing regalia previously, or maybe perhaps he won the one that Desmond disappeared during. Oh, that's so interesting. I love that. So, I, again, it could be me totally overanalyzing, but why would you put a sailing trophy in that scene? 
No, I mean, that's what this show is, though. It's not you overanalyzing. That's what this show is. This show is Easter eggs and connections. I mean, that it, it's a puzzle. It's the first show that was like this. You know, this is why we overanalyze yeah. now to this day is because of Lost. So, yes, of course that was there on purpose. Yeah. I, I, we would have to be because, again... That would have to be a really strange coincidence that out of all the trophies you put in there, all the items that you put there, it's a sailing trophy. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because the timelines kind of match up. Yeah. No, you're right. Oh, that's so interesting. Good catch. So, yeah. I'm off my game this <laughs> month for various reasons, but um, but that's such a good catch. I'm so glad that you that you yeah, caught that. That was fun. It was it was a fun catch to make because I saw it and I was like, ooh, that's interesting. So and it's funny enough too that the next episode that we get, which is flashes before your eyes, is a Desmond flashback. Oh, I love yeah, Desmond. I know. Henry Ian Cusick is fantastic. I love him. You gotta watch the 100. He's so good in the 100. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another that's another show I haven't seen before. So, and I think he was in the first season of Scandal too. I was sad when he left Scandal because I don't think the show was really the same without him, even though he was only there for one season. Um, but he's excellent on the 100. He's why hit him and Isaiah Washington are why I started watching the 100, and then I got sucked into that story. <laughs> like, CW can do. Such guilty pleasure. CW, finding your guilty pleasure on television. Hey, that's why I get into the DC shows. They're all on CW. <laughs> I know. It's like it's made for people that are clearly younger than us, and I don't care. <laughs> hey, I started with CW early with Smallville. I was young enough at that point. <clears throat> ah, Dawson's Creek yep. here. So, oh, no, actually. Back before it was, it was called CW. Yeah, it was WB. And actually, I take. The WB. I take that back. I was a WB person <laughs> even before Smallville and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Yep. See, we've been we we're the OGs right. of uh, the Guilty Pleasure that Network. That is right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's wraps it up for the actual breakdown of the episode. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, we do have some feedback this week, as we usually do. But before we get into that. Uh, if you want to contact us and leave us feedback of your own, which we highly encourage you to do, there are multiple ways that you can do that. First and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. Uh, we're on Twitter because I did it. Yes. We're on Twitter. Yep. Woo wee. <laughs> um, and we're called uh, we uh, lost revisited pod, I believe. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that's what it is. Hang on. Hang uh, on. I was going to say, we should probably know that. I'll before get we, it. Uh... <laughs> we are. We are at Lost Revisited Pod. Okay. No, Lost Revisit Pod. Okay. So Lost Revisit Pod at, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Because we're on Twitter. Okay. And I even put a we're recording uh, tweet out. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, I, th I think we're just going to eliminate the Instagram. It, I, it's, you know. Well, we'll go, but we're better with Twitter. Yeah. Unless you want to use both. Uh, I I only do <laughs> if we can actually find the Instagram password. I'll I'll take topics we should discuss off the air for five hundred, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail dot com. 
Oh, and if you want to record a message, you can do so by recording yourself and you can email it to us at our email address or I think you can also DM it to us on Twitter, um, send it to us on Facebook, whatever. Yeah, Carrier DM pigeon. it to us on Facebook or Twitter. Carrier pigeon would be interesting, but we both have cats now, so it might not be the best option. I know. I got a kitten. <laughs> you did. Well, my daughter got a kitten. <laughs> He's adorbs. He is. He's pretty cute. Uh, but let's jump into our feedback as we have been in the past. We have a voicemail from our buddy Steve Brown and an email from uh, our friend Des Combs. So I'm going to kick it off with the voicemail this time and okay. then we'll go into the email. Cool. Uh, so here it is, our voicemail from our buddy Steve. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve and this is for Not in Portland. I uh, So much in this episode that I had forgotten until I started watching it. Like I had forgotten just how cold Juliet could be. I mean, knowing where she ends up in the series. So realizing there's even more growth for this character as well. And uh, just seeing, realizing about halfway through, I was like, I think she kills Pickett at the end of this. And and then seeing that I was correct, and at least that memory um, was, uh, was, it was nice for me to, to remember that. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff revealed in this episode and uh, I loved I wish we could have seen Jack say I'm an what did he say I'm a uh, I'm a spinal surgeon not an anesthesiologist I would have loved to have seen him actually say that line I think that would be funny <laughs> um, uh, maybe that's why they didn't do it because they didn't want that kind of comedy in the in the episode but uh, also Jack's uh, look at, at Tom when he's trying to be Friendly to him. I just got that Tom Friendly. Okay. Um, that, that side eye that Jack gives him when he goes, I'm Tom. It just got it. Uh, was, was great. And uh, um, finally, just uh, what do you think the lie was? Because I know you guys had the discussion about the fact that Ben didn't technically lie to Jack when he said, I can get you off this island. Uh, but he didn't say I can get you home. But yet he told Juliet he would send her home. So where was the lie? Or do you think he actually was going to send Juliet home uh, there at the end? And uh, yeah, just a a really good episode. I can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Uh, Talk to you later. I love that he just got the whole friendly reference. Oh, oh, I just got that. (laughs) (laughs) That was wonderful. Yeah, Thank you that, for that, Steve. And we didn't talk about that line. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> Damn it, Tom. <laughs> I'm a doctor, not an anesthesiologist. <laughs> yeah, that's um No, I mean the, the whole the whole lie thing. Um you know, we yeah, we're, he's right. We talked about that last episode in that I think I I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to believe that he told Jack what he needed to hear and was lying to him saying like, I can get you off this, uh, you know, I went off this Island and Ben said done as in like, Oh, okay. He never, this is a different Island. I just got to send him back to the other one. I technically wouldn't be lying. Um, you know, but there's also a part of me that wants to believe Ben was truthful and meant send him home. I, I don't know. Well, I You're- think that, I think that Ben is evil. <laughs> I think that room 23 proves that he had no intention of ever sending Jack home and just sending him, shipping him back off to the other island and technically uh, telling him the truth. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 absolutely possible. It's it's a, it's all a matter of how you look at it. Yeah, it's all subjective. I think also. Yeah, I mean, it just depends absolutely. on how you feel. Yep. Uh, so that leaves us with the last bit of feedback, which is from Des Combs. Des writes, hey, guys, I know you hear this a lot, but this is one of my favorite episodes, mainly because of Elizabeth Mitchell. Seriously, Ben, need to get her for Phenomicon. I second that. Agreed. So they start us out with the old gag. Make us think that we're on the island. Start out on the beach. Long gold grade hallways. Ethan even dressed Juliet and Rachel like others and throw in a Dharma lamp in her room to keep up the illusion. Then open a window and show us a big green screen Miami. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to believe this was the first appearance of Richard Alpert. It feels like he's been on the show since the beginning. Ha ha. I see what you did there. Um, Because he kind of technically is because he doesn't age and he's been around since the 1800s, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Uh, The old Wookiee prisoner gag, classic. They really wanted to make sure that there was absolutely nothing likable about Edmund so that we wouldn't feel at all bad when he gets hit by the bus. (laughs) Sidebar, I'd hate to think how many people would be dead right now if that little trick worked for me. Sorry, that was great. And finally, I don't know if it's because I've been watching Dancing with the Stars, but every time I see Pickett is on screen, I picture him as Sean Spicer. Talk to you later. I don't know Uh, if that's a good thing that you see him as Sean Spicer. I don't know. They're kind of the same person. Maybe. Anyways. Uh, But no, yeah. Thanks for that, Des. Yeah, thank you, Des. And I agree. I love Elizabeth Mitchell on this show. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think she's a good choice for Phenomicon when that time comes. So we uh, we shall see. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, uh, the other things I know Elizabeth Mitchell as. I mean, obviously she's Mrs. Claus in the Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen, which I love she, watching every year. She was also in um, uh, Revolution. When it was on, it was very good. Yeah. Oh, that's that, right. She was she was uh, Rachel. That was a show that was canceled too soon. Way too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she was in Once Upon a Time for a while, too, which was she another was. ABC show. Yep, she was. I forget who her character was. I stopped watching Once Upon a Time uh, when they did the Underworld season. I was like, yeah, I'm done. Oh, see, I stopped after after Frozen. So I think you went a little further than I did. Yeah. And then the last season, they didn't have um, Jennifer Morrison wasn't even in it. And I think think her son was a different actor, too, wasn't he? He was grown up. Yes. I. Yes. So. um, Oh, I didn't know she was. She was in that movie. God, that's a that's a movie. That's. Oh, she was in that movie. You remember the movie? yeah, I know. It's probably better if I mention the movie. Say, are you going to share it with everybody? Um, freak the movie Frequency with Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel. Oh wow, that's an old movie. Yeah, but I like it. I think that's a great movie. Yeah, I think I um, saw it once when it first came out, and then never again. She plays his mom. She plays Jim Caviezel's mom. Cool. The, the the nurse that's murdered. Spoiler. Um. Yeah, so thanks for the feedback, and obviously we encourage you guys to leave us feedback for uh, all future episodes. Uh, Even if you get ahead of us, feel free to leave us the feedback, because we'll hold on to it until we record for that episode. So, Because I think we already have feedback from Steve on next week. 
too. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So he's a, he's a little ahead of us. I know our friend Rachel is ahead of us, but, you know. Hey, um, let's talk about when does Manifest come back? Manifest, I think, is a fall break show. Um, so I think when a lot of the shows go on break, uh, that's when Manifest comes back. Uh, I'm vamping because I'm actually looking up the... Um, I don't think it's coming... Or no, it it's, doesn't it's, have a date yet. No, it's it's been renewed for a 2019-2020 season. I know they're filming because I follow Josh Dallas on Instagram. He's so active on Instagram. By the way, if anybody wants to follow Josh Dallas, he's great. His Instagram is great. He's great. He's just great. Prince great, Charming. Great, great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't look like there is a Spring date. Spring twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. All right. So next year. Um. Boom. Probably during probably during sweeps week when a lot of the other shows go on break. That's when they'll bring Manifest back. All right. Well, so, we have a little a little bit to go. Um, speaking of Prince Charming, uh, you introduced me or got me into watching a particular set of movies that I think you even talked about last episode. The Descendants. The Descendants movies. I can't believe I got sucked into watching all three of them. <laughs> You texted me, go, I'm starting the Descendants one. And then like, it was like four hours later. And he's like, uh, I'm on the third. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I got sucked into watching all three of them. They are very, very obviously meant for kids and young adults movies. Yeah. But I actually enjoyed watching them. I thought the there were definitely some fun moments. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it was it was kind of sombering uh, watching the third movie, knowing that Cameron had passed away before yeah. the movie released. But um, and he was great. He was so good uh, in in that role. And I, I love he is I loved a killer the, dancer, too. Yeah, absolutely. From but the very first movie, because I've seen them now like hundreds of times because my kids have them on repeat all the time throughout the house, music, the videos, everything. He like gave it 120% from the opening shot of the first movie. It's it's yeah, it's it's kind of sombering knowing that you know he passed away at an early age and, and and didn't get to see the reaction and the um and such from the movie debuting. But mm-hmm. he he's so good. The rest of the kids are so good. I actually really enjoyed how the movie wrapped or how the series wrapped. Yeah. Uh at the very end. I I actually kind of really liked the third one. Uh, it's, yeah, you know, the third I, I, one is everybody's favorite in this house. <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun. And you are absolutely right in that you can kind of sense that Disney made the first movie as a made for TV film and they didn't really know how big it was going to get because they bump up the budget in two and three. Oh, they do. So, I mean, two and three is shades better than one when it comes to cinematography and and effects. It's It's a lot better. Yeah, so, but they were. Fun. But it's it's excellent. I'm so glad that you liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, with that being said, anything you want to recommend to the listeners this week? Because I have, I do have one recommendation, other than the Descendants, obviously. Um, I, my recommendation was your podcast, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and which I thank you for that again. Yeah. Um. And the, get and get a kitten. Well, unless you're allergic, then don't get a kitten. We don't want to be responsible for that kind of thing. Oh man, take take some allergy medication. Get a cat. <laughs> take a risk. Take a chance. 
Um, no, the, the other thing I want to recommend this week is actually a book. Um, I, I am a big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, who is an, an astrophysicist. And, you know, I think some people tend to not get um, involved with Neil because a lot of stuff that he talks about can go over their heads. But he's really good about dealing and kind of dumbing down a lot of that stuff so that the, the general public can understand it. Um, he just released another book. And it's called it's called Letters from an Astrophysicist. It's it, I got the book for fifteen dollars in hardcover, which is actually a really good price for a hardcover book. Um, and what it is, it's not anything. It's not like reading like uh, a Stephen Hawking book, which actually there was one in this episode. I forgot to mention that. Um, in that Aldo was reading a Stephen Hawking book when he's when he's jumped oh yeah Alex. brief history of time yes um this book isn't anything like that this book is simply i think it's about 20 years of emails and letters that neil has gotten from people uh who have followed him and have come to discover things about their life and things you know just about themselves in following him and learning about astrophysicists and oh that's so cool so he has published them in a book and the book is so it's so great because you read the insight that people have come to and it touches on everything from like people finding religion in in astrophysics and people kind of getting a new perspective on religion from astrophysics as in like not believing any longer. He covers the gambit from, you know, the afterlife to science to it's, 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 I highly recommend it. It's a, it's an easy read. So it's not something like you have to sit and read, like you can read it casually on your own because again, it's just a compilation of letters and emails. So you right. can sit down and just read one or two and then put the book down. It's like a toilet read book, um, as I've heard it mentioned. And he's even mentioned it as that too. Like it's something you can read while you're in the bathroom for a couple minutes. Oh, I love that. What, what a great idea. That's That sounds that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I just recently got a Ruth Bader Ginsburg book that was called In My Own Words. And it's all of her writings from when she was like writing for her school newspaper in high school all the way up to her Supreme Court. Uh, decisions. And it's really interesting as well. I love it when that kind of stuff is put together into a book and, and it happens. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So Neil deGrasse Tyson, Letters from an Astrophysicist, because I'm a big fan of Cosmos too, which I thought he did a fantastic job when he brought that back to Fox. It's actually a series I've been itching to rewatch. Uh, I just haven't had the time. So, uh, but with that being said, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode of the podcast next week uh next episode of the podcast flashes before your eyes season three episode eight which as we mentioned is a desmond hume flashback with lots so, of charlie and hurley that's right wait this no this isn't the van episode that doesn't come to a later season no that's trisha tanaka is dead that's right i man that is one of my favorite moments of the series is the van it's, down yeah the hill. it's it's Mm-hmm. It's such a great man down I love by it so the much. river. <laughs> uh, but unless you have anything else, that's uh, gonna wrap it up. Nope, I'm good. All right. Uh, so with that being said, thank you as always for listening. We appreciate the feedback that you send us. Uh, please feel free, obviously, to send us some more. Uh, until next time, though, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye bye. 
have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>